0: everyone, my name is McCall and today I'm hosting the Innovators podcast, which is a yet-to-be-named podcast about innovation and entrepreneurship in technology. I'm here today with my boss, Andrew Greenstein, and he's one of the founders of SF AppWorks, which is a software development firm that focuses on innovation and rapid prototyping. So Andrew, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hey, McCall. Hey, world. Hey, innovators out there. Uh, my name is Andrew, and uh, I'm the head of SF AppWorks along with my co-founder, Darius Zagrian. And we uh, we started SF AppWorks about 10 years ago, uh, born out of the ashes of a startup company and wanting to help bring some of the, the lean methodologies and startup practices to bigger businesses. Um, so we started a software development firm, and uh, after a few years, we started working with some really innovative teams uh, at Westome at J crew um, at Vanguard and a bunch of other companies ARP uh, and really what we, we found is that great innovation teams uh, have a process there's not just one process but they have a process and we started to become fascinated with what those processes were and how they differed uh, and really started to explore that more so uh, you know we we are a software development shop we can build websites apps and all sorts of things but the work that really gets us excited uh, and that we're driving ourselves more towards, is how to help companies figure out how to build uh, innovation infrastructure within their product development.
0: Awesome. Before we really jump into it, I'd like to kind of talk about what you feel like innovation truly is. Like, what is your definition of innovation?
1: (laughs) This is a great question because we just spent, and I wonder if you knew this, uh, a little bit of time defining innovation. Uh, We, uh, as, we, as I said, we realized that everyone, every organization has its own version of what innovation is. And so we decided we should start out with trying to come up with a common thread format for innovation. So we looked at a bunch of different companies that we've had personal experience with. Um, you know, At West Elm, the way they did innovation is they had this innovation team that would do rapid prototyping of various uh, digital products, chatbots, AI integrations, progressive web apps, test them, tweak them, tweak um, launched them, and if they saw positive results, they would bring them into their main production house, and and that worked really well for them, uh, including launching their progressive web app, which became their main mobile experience. Um, but other companies like AB and Bev, uh, they have an interesting model where they. Invite people, employees from their company, from any part of their company, to apply for a startup incubator that they host. I think they call it Startup Garage, uh, and then they bring in various innovators and they let these these teams. They pair them up with grad students and they give them some dev resources and they let them go and basically try to build startups. Uh, and another company we worked with, um, Plug and Play, a startup accelerator. They had a, a different model where they provided. Office space and funding for early stage startups, and then they also had a corporate development arm, which was going out and, and selling R and D in the form of startup incubator to various um, to various companies. And they worked with tons of big brands. And basically, their pitch was, if you want to uh, if you want to innovate, let the thousands of startups out there do the innovation work. We'll go through. We'll find them. We'll incubate them. We'll bring the best to the top, and then you can. Uh, run pilots with them, and and you can work with those technologies. So we took all that and a couple other examples, and we came up with a, a definition, which is the process of building, customizing, and improving existing systems to discover volatility and accelerate change in order to learn.
0: Wow. Thank you for that. Uh, the word innovation, we see that so much in Sil- Silicon Valley, and everyone's talking about it, but there really is a distinction between innovation and you know, maybe just building digital products. So I was wondering if you could talk, speak a little bit to that, um, maybe go in a little more depth, like what, what we did, what you did for West Elm versus just a more standard software development project and what makes it innovative?
1: What we did for West Elm and for other companies is implement things really quickly, but with a special focus on doing it quickly and not doing it correctly. We didn't worry about scalability. We didn't worry about... Uh, covering all the use cases. We kind of went for the 80% happy flows uh, with the goal of putting it in front of users as quickly as possible. Um, I think that in in the old form of software development, the more waterfall approach, uh, we had an idea about what we thought would be innovative, and it might be a great idea, and then we would plan, we would do the architecture, we would do the design, we'd build that thing, and then we would launch it, and that might take a long time. Um, But the problem is we're not getting feedback along the way, and so we're not learning if the things that we're building are actually going to work or how users are going to use it. And so uh, in this rapid prototyping model, we throw away the idea that we're going to build a perfect product or even a stable product, and instead we focus on how can we build the most minimal product that we can uh, possibly test, and how can we get it into users quickly. So we a Facebook chatbot. But rather than build a big Facebook chatbot that would take a long time, we built a, a version or a several different versions with several different flows that we could test out. And what we found is that those chatbots were actually causing more frustration for customer service than uh, than they were solving. And therefore, it wasn't actually doing what it was supposed to do. Um, so we moved on. Uh, we built an AI integration with Pinterest um, that was kind of cute and fun and kind of gave people an opportunity to explore merging their Pinterest boards with the furniture selections from West Elm um but it didn't didn't lead to any more sales but it was still a win because it got picked up by fast company and so they featured they got featured in the press which which was a a different form of win um and finally the progressive web app that we did end up building for them uh, was a huge success um increase our revenue per user by 17 percent or no by 8 percent and the time spent on site per user by by 17 percent so um I, i think the way we look at it is Um, Let's build as much as possible, let's test as quickly as possible, and let's iterate and basically accept that we don't know what is going to happen, and and therefore we need to test.
0: So how do you feel like innovation teams fit into businesses?
1: Great question. We really like the work of Kent Beck, who wrote uh, Extreme Programming and who defined uh, what he calls the... um, The product development triathlon, I believe. But basically, he split innovation or he split product development into three different parts. Uh, You have an explore phase, an expand phase, and an extract phase. And so, in the explore phase, you don't know what's going to work, and your goal is to try as many different things as possible. Um, In the expand phase, when you hit a nerve, now you're worried about removing all the bottlenecks and trying to help this thing grow as quickly as you can. And when you hit the extract phase, now you're trying to just squeeze out the most value that you can. So, expand phase. Every startup that is pre-funded, pre-launched, idea stage, or that hasn't even found its product market fit. Uh, and in that in that uh, type of team, you want a lot of a lot of experimentation and a lot of creativity and a lot of open ideas. Um, when you think expand phase, you know you can think of Pokemon Go or. Facebook when it was blowing up and just trying to get on as many campuses as possible and then in as many places as possible. And then in the extract phase, uh, you think about sophisticated business people running models, squeezing out dollars, you know, uh, playbooks emerge, and, and that's really where you're just trying to, to squeeze the last bits of value out of that product. Uh, the important insight for us was that you have to understand which phase you are in your business and you have to have the right team for that. So the way we think about innovation and how it fits into businesses is that whether it's a team or a department or an effort, um, have your innovation be, team be exploring and have them know that they're exploring, that they're okay to explore and that they can make the mistakes that they need to mistake and, and that uh, they need to make and that they can they can grow and learn. Um, and when they hit a nerve and find something interesting, be prepared to either shift out that team or move that to another area, a, a team that is more focused on expanding, that knows how to grow and scale and thinks that way. Uh, and similarly, once you've sort of topped out of your growth or growth slows down, be ready to come in with a, a team that can optimize that. And so a lot of the teams we work with have walled off innovation. I'm not saying that's ideal uh, because you do want input from various parts of the company, but if you if you understand which phase of explore, expand, extract you're in, then you can have the right mindset and devote the right resources and have the right goals.
0: Um, so let's just talk about what the, ele- the elements of an innovation team are.
1: The elements of an innovation team are whoever you have available to work on innovation, which might just be one person, might be two or three, might be a whole team. Uh, so we like to think about it in terms of minds, because if you are one person, you still need these various minds. Um, so we, we think about the product mind, the design mind, the building mind, the testing mind, the selling mind, and the researching mind. So the researching mind is the person that loves to go down rabbit holes of information, look at what's worked in the past, try and figure out what could work in other contexts. Um, And they're, of course, great to have. The design mind is the person that connects dots and thinks about user experience and actually makes those those tricky, hard decisions about what to include and what to not include. Um, They think about uh, aesthetics, but they also think about form and, and utility. Um, the the product mind, the producer is the one that comes up with the ideas for um, new products. Uh, the one that sort of ties together um, the research with the design and the development. Um, they understand their their main goal is to make sure that this concept gets into production. The builder is the mind that slows down and says, "How does this actually?" come together? What do we need to think about? How do we make sure that it's it's supportable? Uh, And it's a it's a crucial mind for actually turning nothing into something. Um, The testing mind is a highly analytical one that depends on data to make decisions and is constantly thinking about the users. And finally the selling mind, um, which I guess is mostly my mind. Uh, It's a collaboration, uh, it's a collaboration requires buy-in from all stakeholders. So whether you are trying to get funding for your next project and you have to go out and pitch stakeholders, uh, pitch investors, or you are trying to convince other people on the team that they should put in the extra effort to help the same work, you need buy-in. And so having that selling mind inside you is important so that you can, you can uh, constantly put the value proposition into clear and relatable terms that other people can then get behind.
0: Definitely. I, when I was reading this piece, I it was enlightening because I think for myself, I always think, Oh, I'm this type of person. I'm this type of thinker. Like this is my strength. And it's, it seems so true that there are actually so many minds that make up, um, one person and you can exercise those different minds.
1: Yeah. And it's totally a, it's a, it's a cocktail of different minds and different amounts. Um, I think just even having the discussion with other people, um, helps people understand where they can put their best value in and where they need more support in and that can also help figure out if you need to go and add people to your innovation team.
0: And do you think when you're building an innovation team, you you ideally would select, you know, this is six, one, two, three, four, five, six, six people that make up these parts, or do you just look for six creative people that have the right skill set and kind of coach them on these things or
1: i I think organizationally it depends what what kind of how you put together your teams um, i it you definitely want diversity of thought you definitely want people that lean more creative the people that lean more analytical the people that are more risk averse and um the ones that are willing to try anything um, I think you want to mix, it, mix your team up with as many different minds as you can. Um, but that said, you have to work with what you have and that's why you can at least try to define what the, who's going to play the different roles even if you do have a team that, um, you know, that doesn't have a risk taker on it. Then someone has to raise their hand and say, okay, I'll be the risk taker here.
0: I see. So I know you work with a lot of people that are really excited about innovation and they're motivated by it and this is kind of at the core of what you're pursuing. But I'm wondering... Do you, is it often you work with clients who maybe aren't looking at their projects in an innovative way and do you find yourself trying to pitch, in a sense, pitch innovation to them?
1: Yeah. All the time. I'd say about half of our work comes from straight software development projects where it's not that they're not innovative, they're just, they tend to be in more of an expansion phase or an extraction phase. and you know even so we try to uh, we try to be innovative in whatever way we can so if we're not innovating on the product side maybe we can help innovate on the process side so if we're working with a client that knows what they're building they know how much they're getting out of it but they need to be able to support more users and we're providing the services and architecture to do that uh, maybe we can share some of the ideas that we've read about the different types of agile to figure out how they can um, improve the velocity of their development or how they can reduce their errors or how they can get more collaboration or how they can reduce um, turnover on the team. So we, you know, even when not in the product side, we still try to innovate in whatever way we can. And yes, we are always trying to sell innovation as a mindset um, and, and speed of product development and testing as a practice.
0: Got it. And last question is, what is your favorite innovation?
1: Favorite innovation. Um, Wow, there are so many to choose from. Uh, The one I use the most is probably the toothbrush. Well, not the most, but the most consistently. I use that every day and every evening. Um, So that's one of my favorites for sure. Uh, The airplane, that's been great. My iPhone, the piano, is that an innovation? I think the cool thing about innovations is that uh, they don't have to be completely new ideas. Oftentimes the best ones grow from existing ideas. And I don't know if this is the best example, but um, I remember thinking about, I was a kid, and someone was telling me about how the windshield wiper was this huge innovation when it happened, um, but that the guy who invented the multi-speed windshield wiper was way richer than the guy who invented the windshield wiper. I'm not sure exactly why that stuck with me, but I guess it just kind of reinforces this idea that you don't necessarily need to be the first person to come up with something. Possibly the innovation is taking something that already exists, a windshield wiper, and combining it with something else, multi-speed, whatever, and then having uh, an even better innovation. And that's how society has worked, right? That's how we've gotten to this point, because we're constantly improving upon our ideas and uh, and our innovations. So um, I'm going to think a little more about that question the next time we talk. I'm not going to answer what my favorite innovation is. I'm going to answer what my favorite improvement to an innovation is.
0: Definitely. Well, yeah, thank you so much for being here, Andrew. And um, we hope we can speak to you again soon about these, these things.
1: Great. Thank you so much for having me here today. The Innovators Podcast is created by Andrew Greenstein and McCall Manor of SF AppWorks. Music composed by Andrew Greenstein. For more info and to sign up for our innovation newsletter, visit sfappworks.com.